don't have enough time to sit down and read all the best Bitcoin articles? Well, let us read them for you. This is a Crypto Economy Quick Read. All right, welcome back to the Crypto Economy Podcast. Um, the quick read today, if you haven't listened to yesterday's, um, yesterday's was pretty much just a lead in to what we were discussing today, which is, uh, it's, uh, Jimmy Song's article. He mentioned it in the, um, uh, discussion panel, uh, at Consensus 2018, which yesterday's article refers to. And he has essentially made a, a Bitcoin maximalist bet with Joe Lubin that uh, pretty much all these blockchain and token projects are useless and going to essentially fall away or die in five years or so. Um, The details of the bet have not been worked out, uh, but he mentioned an article of, uh, he had just written one about this very topic, and that's what we're reading today. It is titled, Why Blockchain is Hard. And it's posted on his Medium, which is just at Jimmy Song. All right, but let's go ahead and jump in. The hype around blockchain is massive. To hear the blockchain hype train tell it, blockchain will now, one, solve income inequality. Two, make all data secure forever. Three, make everything much more efficient and trustless. Four, Save dying babies. What the heck is a blockchain anyway? And can it really do all these things? Can blockchain bring something amazing to industries as diverse as healthcare, finance, supply chain management, and music rights? And doesn't being for Bitcoin mean that you're pro-blockchain? How can you be for Bitcoin but say anything bad about the technology behind it? In this article, I seek to answer a lot of these questions by looking at what a blockchain is and more importantly, what it's not. What is a blockchain? To examine some of these claims, we have to define what a blockchain is, and herein lies a lot of the confusion. Many companies use the word blockchain to mean some sort of magical device by which all their data will never be wrong. Such a device, of course, does not exist, at least when the real world is involved. So what is a blockchain? Technically speaking, a blockchain is a linked list of blocks, and a block is a group of ordered transactions. If you didn't understand the last sentence, you can think of a blockchain as a subset of a database with a few additional properties. The main thing distinguishing a blockchain from a normal database is that there are specific rules about how to put data into the database. That is, it cannot conflict with some other data that's already in the database. It's consistent. It's append only or immutable, and the data itself is locked to an owner, so it's ownable. It's replicable and available. Finally, everyone agrees on what the state of the things in the database are. It's canonical, without a central party, decentralized. It is this last point that is really the holy grail of blockchain. Decentralization is very attractive because it implies there is no single point of failure. That is, no single authority will be able to take away your asset 
or change, quote, history to suit their needs. This immutable audit trail where you don't have to trust anyone is the benefit that everyone that's playing with this technology is looking for. This benefit, however, comes at a great cost. The cost of blockchains. The immutable audit trail uncontrolled by any single party is certainly useful, but there are many costs to create such a system. Let's examine some of the issues. Development is stricter and slower. Creating a provably consistent system is not an easy task. A small bug could corrupt the entire database or cause some databases to be different than other ones. Of course, a corrupted or split database no longer has any consistency guarantees. Furthermore, all such systems have to be designed from the outset to be consistent. There is no, quote, move fast and break things in a blockchain. If you break things, you lose consistency and the blockchain becomes corrupted and worthless. You may be thinking, why can't you just fix the database or start over and move on? Well, that would be easy enough to do in a centralized system, but this is very difficult in a decentralized one. You need consensus or the agreement of all players in the system in order to change the database. The blockchain has to be a public resource that's not under the control of a single entity, decentralized, remember? Or the entire effort is a very expensive way to create a slow, centralized database. Incentive structures are difficult to design. Adding the right incentive structures and making sure that all actors in the system cannot abuse or corrupt the database is likewise a large consideration. A blockchain may be consistent, but that's not very useful if it's got a lot of frivolous, useless data in it because the costs of putting data into it are very low. Neither is a consistent blockchain useful if it has almost no data because the costs of putting data into it are very high. What gives the data finality? How can you ensure that the rewards are aligned with the network goals? Why do nodes keep or update the data, and what makes them choose one piece of data over another when they are in conflict? These are all incentive questions that need good answers, and they need to be aligned, not just at the beginning, but at all points in the future as the technology and companies change. Otherwise, the blockchain is not useful. Again, you may be wondering why you can't Quote, fix some broken incentive. Once again, this is easy in a centralized system, but in a decentralized one, you simply cannot change anything without consensus. There's no fixing anything unless there's agreement from everyone. Maintenance is very costly. A traditional centralized database only needs to be written to once. A blockchain needs to be written to thousands of times. A traditional centralized database needs to only check the data once. A blockchain needs to check the data thousands of times. A traditional centralized database needs to transmit the data for storage only once. A blockchain needs to transmit the data thousands of times. The costs of maintaining a blockchain are orders of magnitude higher, and the cost needs to be justified by utility. Most applications looking for some of the properties stated earlier like consistency and reliability, can get such things for a whole lot cheaper utilizing integrity checks, receipts, and backups. Users are sovereign. This can be really good as companies don't like the liability of having user data in the first place. 
This can be bad, however, if the user is misbehaving. There's no way to kick out the user that's spamming your blockchain with frivolous data or has figured out a way to profit in some fashion that causes other users lots of inconvenience. This is related to the above observation that incentive structures have to be designed really, really well and that a user that figures out an exploit is not likely to give that up, especially if there's profit for the user. You may be thinking that you can simply refuse service to malicious users which would be very easy to do in a centralized service. However, unlike a centralized service, refusing service is difficult because no single entity has the authority to kick anyone out. The blockchain has to be impartial and enforce the rules defined by the software. If the rules are insufficient to deter bad behavior, you're out of luck. There is no, quote, spirit of the law here. You simply have to deal with malicious or misbehaving actors possibly for a very long time. All upgrades are voluntary. A forced upgrade is not an option. The other players on the network have no obligation to change your software. If they did, such a system would be much easier, faster, and cheaper to build as a centralized system. The point of a blockchain is that it's not under the control of a single entity, and this is violated with a forced upgrade. Instead, all upgrades have to be backwards compatible. This is obviously quite difficult, especially if you want to add new features and even harder when thinking from a testing perspective. Each version of the software adds a lot to the test matrix and lengthens the time to release. Again, if this were a centralized system, this would be very easy to correct by no longer servicing older systems. You cannot do this, however, in a decentralized system, as you cannot force anyone to do anything. Scaling is really hard. Finally, scaling is at least several orders of magnitude harder than in a traditional centralized system. The reason is obvious. The same data has to live in hundreds or thousands of places than in a single place. The overhead of transmission, verification, and storage is enormous, as every single copy of the database must pay them, instead of those costs being paid just once in a traditional centralized database. You can, of course, reduce the burden by reducing the number of nodes, but then at that point, why do you need a decentralized system at all? Why not just make a centralized database if scaling costs are the main concern? Centralization is a lot easier. If you notice a theme, it's that decentralized systems are very difficult to work with, expensive to maintain, hard to upgrade, and a pain to scale. A centralized database is much faster, less expensive, easier to maintain, and easier to upgrade than a blockchain. So why do people keep using the word blockchain as if it's some panacea for all their problems? First, a lot of these industries that are being sold on blockchain are really overdue for IT infrastructure upgrades. Healthcare has notoriously terrible software. Financial settlement is still running on software from the 70s. Supply chain management software is both difficult to use and hard to install. Most companies in these industries resist upgrading because of the risk involved. There are lots of infrastructure upgrades that cost hundreds of millions and end up being rolled back anyway. Blockchain is a way to sell these IT infrastructure upgrades and make them a bit more appetizing. Second, 
Blockchain is a way to look like you're on the leading edge of technology. Like it or not, the word blockchain has taken on a life of its own. Very few people actually understand what it is, but want to appear hip, so use these words as a way to sound more intelligent. Just like cloud means somebody else's computer and AI means a tweaked algorithm, blockchain in this context means a slow, expensive database. Third, people really don't like government control of certain industries and want a different adjudication mechanism than the legal framework, which is often slow and expensive. To them, blockchain is really just a way to get rid of the heavy apparatus of government regulation. This is overselling what blockchain can do. Blockchain doesn't magically take away human conflict. The result is a lot of people that are hyped up on the promises without actually understanding the abilities or costs. What's worse, the actual technical details and costs are abstracted away from a lot of VCs and executives in such a way as to obscure what a blockchain can and can't do. Everyone under them become afraid to say that the emperor has no clothes, and we have the situation that we have now. So what is blockchain good for? We've already established that a blockchain is very expensive relative to centralized databases, so the only reason you should be using a blockchain is to decentralize. That is, remove the single point of failure or control. This naturally means that the software or database must not change things around often, if at all. There should be little upside to upgrading and much downside to screwing up or changing the rules. Most industries are not like this. Most industries require new features or upgrades and the freedom to change and expand as necessary. Given that blockchains are hard to upgrade, hard to change, and hard to scale, most industries don't have much use for a blockchain. The one exception we've found is money. Unlike most industrial use cases, money is better if it doesn't change. Immutability and difficulty in changing the rules is a positive for money and not a detriment. This is why blockchain is the right tool for the job when it comes to Bitcoin. What's clear is that a lot of companies looking to use the blockchain are not really wanting a blockchain at all, but rather IT upgrades to their particular industry. This is all well and good, but using the word blockchain to get there is dishonest and overselling its capability. Conclusion Blockchain is a popular term these days, and unfortunately, this quote, blockchain, not Bitcoin meme, won't die. If you are a centralized service, a blockchain doesn't get you anything that you can't do a thousand times cheaper with a centralized database. If you are a decentralized service, then you're probably fooling yourself and not thinking about the single points of failure that exist in your system. There wouldn't be a, quote, you at all in a decentralized service. Back in the early 2000s, there was a push by a lot of executives in the tech industry to use Java and XML. Despite these two things being tools and not actual products, many executives insisted on their use, no matter how poor the fit was to what their engineers were trying to achieve. Blockchain is very much like that. Focus on the problems you're solving, and the tools will make themselves readily apparent. Focus on tools that you want to use, and you'll end up making Rube Goldberg machines that don't do anything particularly well. 
In a sense, current conceptions of blockchain are trying to do the impossible. They want the security of a decentralized system with the control of a centralized one. The desire is the best of both worlds, but what they end up getting is the worst of both worlds. You get the costs and the difficulty of a decentralized system with the failure modes of a centralized one. Blockchain is used way too much as a buzzword to sell a lot of useless snake oil. The faster we get rid of the hype, the better off long term we'll all be. And that was Why Blockchains Are Hard by Jimmy Song. Uh, uh, this was, uh, uh, as I stated before, this was the article that he referenced while in the panel um, at Consensus 2018. Uh, he has some really good points, and I've kind of gone back and forth on this issue, mostly just out of uh, hopium, I guess you could say. Like, I'm interested in the ideas and a lot of things being rolled out on these altcoins and tokens. But if you asked me to put money on it, I'd be I'd be putting it on Jimmy Song's position. Um, I have not seen anything solidly convincing as far as an additional use case for Bitcoin that doesn't involve or that wouldn't be better just using the Bitcoin blockchain or using a centralized service. Um, uh, like an example that I th I'm pretty sure I've used on the podcast um, is that uh, like trying to recreate, like make a new token with a slightly different, you know, proof of work algorithm and tweaking all these little things just to just to have a platform to build different smart contracts on or maybe make them a little bit more versatile um, is akin in my mind it's analogous to trying to design a new car and just doing like minor tweaks you know you just have like a new Kia Sorento or something and instead of purposefully making it incompatible with all of the infrastructure that's already there making it so you can't drive it on current roads that you can't fill it at current gas stations and you can't go to a current mechanic we have to start all this over. We have to all run up our own nodes for this, run up Sorrento nodes <laughs> and build new roads specifically for the Sorrento and then build Sorrento gas stations. Like it's a nightmare and forces incompatibility when if all you're looking for is the immutability and decentralization, if you're looking for the security that the decentralized blockchain can offer you, well then why don't you just keep a private centralized blockchain? Which I don't dismiss the fact that that might be easier data management on the back end. Like if you're looking to, like let's say healthcare records or um, a supply chain or something, like that company... I don't, with the, with the state of IT in some of these industries, it could probably be a very good thing for them to have a blockchain, but it doesn't make any sense for it to be an open or attempt at a decentralized blockchain. So why, if you're just trying to make it so that you can look up the information a little bit better, why not just keep your own private blockchain and then put hashes of the blocks in the Bitcoin blockchain? 
You just in one transaction every 10 blocks or hell, one a day, and you've quote unquote settled and secured that information for the entire day. And it doesn't have to be open. It doesn't have to be a global open network for anybody to look at because you might not want that. And you don't have to deal with DDoS attacks or flooding the network with transactions or become a custodian of like, uh, you know, hire a bunch of developers for your own transaction formats and to design your own smart contracts and make sure you've got all your economic incentives in line and manage the network and make sure nodes don't go down. It's like, it's like doing, it's literally, it's like trying to rebuild a gas station in your roads and mechanics and teach all a whole new class of mechanical engineering just to do just to get somebody from point A to point B when all you need is a car that works on the roads that are already there. Um, so like I really kind of have to side pretty strongly with Jimmy Song here that if you really break it down and you really make me commit one way or the other, I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. Um, and it's not because like I'm religious for Bitcoin. Like if something else comes along and beats it or finds a use case, I'm actually all for it. I'm really excited about it. That's why I stay on top of the industry and I want to learn about all this stuff and I still read about all this crap even though I think a lot of it is in fact that crap. So I'm completely open to being wrong. Absolutely. But I just don't think I am. I still have not seen anything convincing, and Jimmy Song's got some really great points that kind of hit it home, is that it's really, it's like an industry that's just desperately, desperately in need of IT infrastructure upgrades, and so blockchain is the way to finally sell it, because they haven't done it for 30 or 40 years, and now they're like, they see this huge competitor in this thing that could be, could be valuable, and so they're like, all right, well, what's the piece that's important? It's so reminiscent of Xerox trying to create their own TCP IP and their own protocols to make their own proprietary internet, which the government did and tried to, the government even tried to subsidize and push for a proprietary version that you literally had to rent use of, like, like you had to pay royalty to use their protocol. Um, I think IBM did that too, like it just... There were so many of those that were trying to do that very thing during the uh, early days of the internet. Like this is not, this is not an old, this is not a new development. Like th- this is par for the course for new technology and going back for a very long time. Um, but I do not dismiss the idea that a centralized blockchain isn't useful. Um, Again, particularly if you can peg it or hash it into the Bitcoin blockchain and pair off of its security, um, because then you gain that immutability and it costs you a transaction a day. And, and, and not only that, like if you're looking up receipts or records for supply chain or trying to figure out where things are going, you can give exclusive permissioned access to your business partners, which makes perfect sense because you only want your business partners to be involved anyway. You're already partnering with them as a business, so you give them a key to be able to access the chain or update the chain as 
they go like they're already on your accounting books like they're they're already doing business with you so just give them access for uh, or give them a, a specific part ownership um, to change the data on the private blockchain in association with whatever piece of the production line they're involved in I mean that seems pretty straightforward and if that is in fact a way for them to look up information and cha- uh, trace um, uh, items and products all the way back to their the beginning of their um, uh, life cycle or production cycle well then great if that's useful but why make it decentralized if we agree the purpose of decentralization is its security is that it's immutable and uh, trustless in that way like whatever information is added to it cannot be altered later um, if that's what you're going for and and let's say blockchain is useful like I've said for looking up information quickly or finding it in a database um, that is shared or updated among a group of people um, whether it be business affiliates or uh, community members or whatever uh, if that is the case and that's what you're going for you can either a run up your own nodes you're gonna have development slow down massively it's every anytime that you upgrade or change something it's going to be a monumental headache and you're going to open yourself up to having random people just running nodes on your network needing to needing to get their consensus needing to have them decide whether or not you can upgrade the network that you're trying to use um, you have to make sure incentive structures are right or you can just imbalance the thing and have it last for seven years until let's say the inflation rate or something I mean, god forbid your economic model is wrong and then it collapses later or it becomes too big for anybody to actually manage and then you lose decentralization because it's just massive and now you're just the only one running a node well what was the point of making it decentralized in the first place like why not save yourself that headache um so you have to become an economist and uh maintenance is a nightmare and small tiny little bugs that in maybe a private blockchain could be discovered and uh easily fixed or easily managed just on your own system um in in the reverse scenario and when you're looking at a decentralized network you're just that tiny little bug can crash the entire system and anybody can take advantage of it and again you're limited you have to have consensus from other people that have nothing to do with your business or your service that you're trying to provide needing their consensus to fix the bug um and like so all of this and I, there's still other stuff i mean scaling uh, there's so many other problems so a massive cost a massive cost for all of this and all you're trying to get is immutability and the security of a decentralized blockchain just hash it into a bitcoin block costs you one transaction fee even if the fee's three hundred dollars that is that is a tiny cost in comparison to what we just went over so that's kind of how i see it um 
again, I'm very open to being wrong. And I'm still interested in what these projects are doing. And I am not a Bitcoin cultist. I just don't see a solid design or engineering reason to recreate this thing over and over and over again to continue to sacrifice the security, sacrifice the decentralization, just an attempt to create a new token that could just as easily be a smart contract on a far more robust platform and uh, simultaneously uh, result in no overhead. Like you don't have to manage TCP IP or develop code for HTTP. You just run a website. So, yeah, that's what I got on that. Um, I will read. Uh, Jimmy Song also actually had a tweet thread um, that he posted out because of this. Because uh, he wants to, it seems like he wants to clear up the the details specifically about the bet. Um, which is really important because you could have it's a very it could very easily be a subjective opinion um, over uh, whether or not there are you know five large blockchain companies and whether or not those blockchains are decentralized. There's a number of blockchains out there that claim they're decentralized and the community says they're decentralized, but then when they want to hard fork and make a change, they just update the software and they hard fork and everybody just follows and the other stuff just falls away. Or there's like six nodes. That's not that's not decentralized, you know. So anyway, his uh, tweet thread, uh, I'll just go ahead and start this here. Uh, uh, again, this is a thread by Jimmy Song. So some thoughts on what went on today. First, as much as I complain about these conferences, it's really great to see people that I haven't seen in a while. The beauty of a big conference like this is that you can go hang out with people you want to hang out with. I really wish Consensus was a bit better organized, though, as the wait in line was just absolutely insane. So many people ended up waiting for over an hour to get their badge. They desperately needed more staff. I enjoyed my interviews with Coindesk and Cheddar, but I'm sure the big one was the one on stage. I've spoken at conferences before, but the reaction to this one was pretty dramatic and more than I expected. The thing I said that got everything started was just the frustration with vague decks that have very little technical detail. Granted, you have a general audience, but come on, you have to provide a bit more detail than, quote, we'll fix everything. What I said wasn't anything special. I verbalized what probably a large amount of people in the audience were thinking, and much of the reaction in the room was indicating that they, too, didn't get anything of substance from the presentation. But because so many people are new, or because they're not confident in their assessment of what was just shown, they think they're missing something. And so they politely clap and ignore the nagging doubts in their mind. Giving voice to something that you know is true often results in shock and laughter. That's what I saw. The entire crowd has been eating non-stop stories about how everything was going to change for the better because of the new tech, usually sponsored by a panelist. Anyway, I definitely wore the black hat today to voice my doubts about this tech. I want to thank Ethereum Joseph and Amber Baldet for being good sports about this. That's uh, Joe Lubin, who was on stage with him. I've already seen two articles on our panel, and I'm sure there will be more. Regarding my bet with Joe, I'll have to think about this, but the thing he said right before he said, quote, I'll bet you any amount of Bitcoin that you're wrong, is 
quote, assuming we can come up with a good standard, or something like that. He realizes, just as I do, that there's no easy way to measure if a blockchain project actually has users, especially a measurement that's not easily gameable. Any suggestions on a good objective metric that fairly measures whether a non-money blockchain project gets traction would be great. In the meantime, I had a great time, and regardless of how the bet goes, I would love to do a panel in 2023 with Joe Lupin. So, there you have it. That's the full-on introduction to the panel discussion and the bet, and then his article on blockchain and why he is A, a Bitcoin maximalist, and B, very, very skeptical of all these other blockchain is going to solve everything issues um, or projects and I'm I'm kind of right there with him uh, I'm far more open I think than he is about it and I want to get excited but it's also really really good to temper that excitement with some with some tough love I guess you could say with that I think we can go ahead and end this episode Don't forget to follow me on Twitter if you want to keep up with these and uh, keep hearing all the great content that's out there in the crypto economy space. Uh, On Twitter, I am at the crypto economy and Medium as well. And of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes as well and share it with all your friends in the crypto space. You've been listening to the Crypto Economy Podcast, and I will catch you guys next time. Take it easy. 